This podcast is brought to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Church from Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit our website at faithchurchlubbock.com. And I want to thank all the ones who volunteered tonight. We've had a bunch of ones who couldn't make it, so all you are serving in a capacity. We say thank you, and then all of you worked hard today and still came to church. I pray blessings on you. I think you made the right decision tonight. So in saying that, if you need a Bible, once you get your hand up real high, and our ushers will get you one. Then go with me to the book of Deuteronomy 28. We're going to receive our tithes and offerings. And as you're turning there, I just say thank you to all who give so faithfully that you allow us to preach the gospel Wednesdays and Sundays. And you'll have a great part of that in heaven. So thank you again for all that. All right. Deuteronomy 28, verse number one. Now it shall come to pass... If you diligently or fully obey the voice of the Lord your God, to observe carefully all his commandments which I command you today, that the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations of the earth. Now, he uses a couple words in there that I really highlighted. One, diligent. And two, he said, you're going to have to carefully, carefully obey. That, that means he's, he's deliberate about how precise he wants us to obey. He goes on to say in verse 2, And all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you because. Now here's the because factor. Because you obey the voice of the Lord your God. So don't expect God to bless if I disobey. But there's something that happens when I obey. So God here, he gives his assurance of his readiness to bless and often when God speaks of his blessings, he's speaking of things that are going to take place within the, the future. So again, he promises blessing to the obedient. And my job is to teach and to warn and to instruct you here toward obedience, toward practical living is what he's talking about here, and practical response to obedient living. So God wants to bless us. He tells us right there over, I want to bless you. My desire is to bless you. But you're going to have to obey my word. And so even in the area of giving, you know, the Bible says give. And it'll be given back to you. The Bible says that God loves a cheerful giver. Not a tearful giver, but a cheerful. So again, I have the opportunity to give. And every time I give, I'm going to tell you, God's going to bless you. So I encourage you. Read Deuteronomy 28, and you'll see all what he's talking about, okay? Let's pray. Father God, we love you. We thank you again for the opportunity to not only give, but, Father God, that in 2022, we, we trust you with our finances, that you would move in a, in a spectacular way, just like you said you would, that you would open the windows of heaven. And, Father, we thank you. You're a God of your word in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well... Turn with me the book of Titus. And you may say, where is Titus? It's back in the New Testament. Um, you'll go through the Timothys. Then you'll hit Titus. If you've gone to Hebrews, you've gone just a little bit too far. In between Hebrews and Titus, a little book called Philemon. So you're real close if you get there. Titus chapter 1. Now, we're talking here about, again, you saw the counterfeits, the idols, I'm not going to get into that tonight as much. I'm going to go back to that next week more and more. There were some things the Lord really, really put on my heart this week. So, you know, I ask you this question. I, I believe in God, 
Isn't that enough? And so when I say that, is there a contrast between how I live and what I believe? In other words, let me break that down with just what I said to make it real easy. Do you just talk the talk or do you walk the walk? And so this year, I believe it's going to be a year we're going to really, really need to trust the Lord. We're going to need to trust the Word of God in like any other time and get to a place in our life where we say, Lord, grace me in my faith. Grace me to believe you. Grace me to trust you. So we begin here in Titus chapter 1, verse number 10. For there are many insubordinate, disorderly or rebellious, both idle talkers and deceivers. Now, when he talks about idle talkers, it uses the word useless. A speaking that lacks reason and worth, that given evidence of an undisciplined lifestyle. So right there, he locates some things that if I'm just an idle talker, I just throw words out there. Did you hear what he said there at the end about the definition of an idle talker? that gives evidence of an un, undisciplined lifestyle. And then he ends and says, especially those of the circumcision. And what he's talking about were, were the Jewish legalists, is what he's, he's mentioning here. And it's interesting in verse 10 there that he gives three types of people. He said the insubordinate, which was the rebellious, the, the empty talkers or the idle talkers, and the deceivers. He goes on to say in verse 11, whose mouths must be stopped or must be silenced, who subvert or turn whole households, teaching things which they ought not for the sake of the dishonest gain. Now, what you see here is the influence of these teachers, it was widespread. Can I give you a little hint here? Stay with the word of God, okay? Stay with the Bible. Stay with the scriptures. Verse 12. One of them, a prophet of their own, said, Cretans are always liars, evil beasts, which is cruel, and lazy gluttons. Now, it's interesting the wording that goes on here. I mean, he doesn't hold back at all when he says, these, these Cretans are liars, evil beasts, and lazy gluttons. And then in verse 13, he says, this testimony is true, or better yet, what the man of God or the prophet said. It was true. Every bit of that, that they're, they're liars, they're cruel, and they're lazy gluttons. Now listen to what he says. Therefore, rebuke them sharply. Deal with them sternly, even severely, that they may be sound in the faith. So he's telling us here, the goal is we gotta get people that are sound in the faith. Do you know the Bible over and over highlights the word faith? In Hebrews eleven six, 6, without faith, it's impossible to please him. The Bible encourages as believers. He said, you're going to have to fight the good fight of faith. The Bible says, the just shall live by faith. So faith is based off the word of God. And when I talk about the word of God, in Romans 10, 17, it says, faith only comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So his goal here was, we got to be strong in the faith. I believe that's a word for all of us to start this year. 
Lord, increase my faith, grace my faith. Verse 14, not giving heed to Jewish fables and commandments of men who turn from the truth. This is happening more and more and more. There is deception going on. That's why it's, stay with the word. Verse 15, to the pure, all things are pure. But those who are defiled and unbelieving, nothing is pure. But even their mind and their conscience are defiled. Now, the word defiled means corrupted or polluted. So he says, those who are corrupted and polluted. And he said, unbelieving. He highlights the word unbelieving. And then he gets back over onto our, our mind and our conscience. Do you know, in, in Romans 12, it says, we, we must Take heed to the word of God that our minds be transformed by the renewing up to the word of God. I got to get to a place where I, I think in line with the word of God. I live in line with the word of God. But it's interesting. He said, there'll be ones that are defiled and ones that will be unbelieving. Keep reading. Verse 16. Now watch what he says here. They profess or they claim to know God. You know, there's a lot of people in our society that say, I know God. I know God. But in works, in action, and in my lifestyle, they deny him. Now, when I read that, let me give you a thought off of that. Would that define you or would that define me? That there's no, no behavior or actions in my life that would reveal that I really am a son or a daughter of God. He goes on to say, being abominable, which is detestable, disobedient, and disqualified for every good work. Now, this is interesting what he's telling me because every one of us in this in this house right now, we have the opportunity. We can, we can be detestable. We can be disobedient and we can be disqualified because of our actions, because of the way we live, what he's talking about. So when I look at what Titus does here, Titus calls us to be champions of grace. I need to be grace and grace was never meant for me to be an excuse to live however I want. And so when he says here, his, his goal is, I want you to be champions of Christ. I want you to live for the kingdom of God. So when I looked at that, I thought, Lord, I need your grace in this area of my life right now. I don't want to be unbelieving. I don't want to be a, a Christian that's just Christian in name. I, I, I want to be the real deal. I, I want people to know, hey, this guy's sold out to God. And so I believe this is what the Lord is stirring within us for this year. Now, go straight to your right, and you'll come to 1 John. You'll go through the Hebrews, the Peters, and then you'll come into 1 John. 1 John chapter 2. 1 John chapter 2. I'm going to keep going pretty quick here because, man, I wrote a lot today. Got a long way to go here. 1 John chapter 2. 
way back there in the back, verse number one. My little children. And notice what he, let, he, he defines these believers as, my little children. These things I write to you so that you may not sin. His purpose and his goal to write to us as that he does not want us to sin. Now, you know, a lot of times people have the thought that, well, that's why we have grace, so we can't sin. Again, that's not true. And if it, sin wasn't a big deal, then why was this written here? So he said, I write to you so that you may not sin. But if anyone sins, but if anyone sins, so you know what my thought is right there? God knew it would be possible for us to sin. Actually, he knew that it would be highly possible for us to sin. Now, again, when you read this, he's not saying it's okay when you sin. He said, I write to you because I don't want you to sin, but if you do sin. Let me ask you a question. Have any of you sinned since you got born again? Yes, I have. So guess who this is written to? That's written to us, all right? So listen to what he says here. And if anyone sins, we have an advocate with the Father. The word advocate means one that will plead the case of sinners. I don't know about you, I'm, I'm, I'm honored that I got an advocate that will plead my case for me. So he says, we have an advocate, and who is that advocate? Jesus Christ, the righteous. And so Jesus is certain to secure our pardon because he's righteous. So Jesus goes to work in us. And so what I get on here is Jesus is saying in, in, through the scripture, I don't want you to get caught up on sin, okay? When you blow it, sincerely repent because we got an advocate. Now listen to the wording in verse two, another big word. And he himself is the propitiation for our sins. What is propitiation? That means his atoning work, or better yet, he took your place and he took my place. He said, I'll do it for him. So we go back and we read, and he himself is the propitiation for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the whole world. That's good news. Jesus said, I'll take care of it. Verse three, now watch this. Now by this, we know that we know him if we keep his commandments. Now when he says, by this we know, what's this we know? The way that it proves or shows that we know him is how well we keep his commandments. I know God. Well, how well do you keep his commandments? Something happens within us as human beings when we obey the, the commandments of God. And you know what I believe that is? It, it strengthens our relationship with him in an incredible way. You know why I believe that? Because it shows my loyalty to God. It says, I'm all in. I'm, I'm not one of those Sunday Christians. I'm a saint on Sunday and I'm a sinner the rest of the week. No, I'm all in. And so the way we prove to God that we really know him is the way we obey his commandments. 
Oh, Lord, grace me this year. I want to obey your commandments. Verse 4. He who says, I know him, and does not keep his commandments is a liar, and the truth is not in him. Now, this is the word of God. This is what the Bible says. He, he's a liar. So when I read that, I thought, man, he's not holding anything back right there. Verse 5. But whoever keeps his word, truly the love of God is perfected in him. The word perfected here signifies a bringing to maturity. So the only way I come into maturity or being perfected is whoever keeps or does his word. By this, we know that we are in him or that we are living in him. Verse six. He who says he abides in him ought himself also walk just as he walked. So when you look at everything that he's talking about here, I mean, God's wanting to develop a relationship with us. He's wanting to get our bond more and more, just like this. And so I begin to think of the relationship. The only way I really got to know Shelly was to spend time around her. And when you spend time around people on a consistent basis over and over again, you begin to find out what's really in their heart. And when you find out what's really in someone's heart, and, and you know, man, you've got a connection with them. You, you get into a covenant relationship just like in marriage. You know what happens to that? There becomes a, a trust within you. You look at that. I can trust them. I've seen their character. I've seen their integrity. And so I believe this is what the Lord's wanting to get us to a place where we say, man, I, I'm going to trust God this year. I'm, I'm going to live by his word. I'm going to get to a place when God says something in his word, I'm not just going to believe it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to begin to obey it. Even when life gets hard. Can I tell you when life gets hard? God doesn't quit. Stay with the word of God. Through faith and patience, we inherit it. I don't like the word patience, but I realize sometimes that's what's going to take place. It's going to have to be patient. Now, I'm going to take you to a passage here that I want you to see some things, okay? Keep moving with me. Go to the book of Mark, chapter 4. Mark, chapter 4. Ooh, I've had some great encounters with the Lord this week. I tell you, I love to get in here and pray and then get into the Word of God. And I'm like a kid at a candy store, man, when I get to study the Word of God and watch it all laid out there. So you're getting a little dose of this right now. Mark chapter 4, verse 35. On the same day when evening had come or when nightfall had come, Jesus said to them, he said to his disciples, let us cross over to the other side. Now, when they had left the multitude, they took him along in the boats as he was, and the other little boats were also with him. Now, the reason I'm going to highlight verse 36, they obeyed what Jesus said. Jesus said, let's cross on to the other side. And you read verse 30, they obeyed what he said. Verse 37. Verse 37. 
and a great windstorm arose. A, a crazy storm arose. You know, in this passage here, in the Greek text, you know what it says? That this windstorm was demonic in nature. That ought to give us an insight sometimes with things that take place on this earth, they're demonic in nature. So they're going to the other side and a great windstorm arose and the waves beat into the boat so that it was already filling. You know, sometimes when you read this, Christians that many times have the thought that, well, I'm born again, I'm a child of God. I, I should never experience any troubles or trials. But yet the Lord Jesus said in John 16, he said, in this world, you're gonna have trouble. You're gonna have some, some, some tribulations. So if I'm gonna have some trouble and tribulations, then who do I look to in the troubles and the tribulations? I've gotta continue to, to look to Jesus when when crazy storms of life show up, who do you look to? When life throws you a curveball, who do you look to? Verse 38. But Jesus was in the stern asleep on a pillow. There's a windstorm, a crazy storm. Crazy. Everybody's freaking out. And Jesus has got his pillar and his Dallas Cowboy blanket. He doesn't say that, but. And he's taking a little nap. But everybody else is freaking out. I mean, they are going crazy. Now, when I read this right here, I'm going to give you a great thought. You're not exempt from the storms of life even when Jesus is in your boat. But I can tell you something. The storms of life, they may rock the boat and they may send waves at you. They just won't sink the boat as long as you're looking to Jesus. He's gonna get you right on through it, okay? He's gonna help you in the storms of life if you'll hang on to him. So Jesus is asleep. Now watch, watch where they're at, their faith is at. And they awoke him and said to him, teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? Do you see their lack of faith and their unbelieving? They express their fear here and their lack of trust. I've done that before. When the storms of life came out at me, instead of just standing on the word of God, I would begin to, to, to voice my fear and my unbelief. You want to locate yourself? Just listen to what you're saying. Matthew 12, 34 says, out of the abundance of the heart, my mouth is going to speak. So what I put into my heart on a daily basis, it's going to come out of my mouth. It's going to locate me. Verse 39. Then Jesus arose, rebuked the wind, and he said to the sea, be, peace be still, and the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. So, guess what Jesus does? Jesus gets up and Jesus does what he does. 
He performs a miracle. He models it right in front of them. And I believe he was teaching him here when he rebuked the wind because he tells, I've given you authority. Verse 40. But he said to them, why are you so fearful? Wow. How is it that you have no faith? The Passion Translation says, haven't you learned to trust yet? Now, it's interesting when I read what he says in verse 40, because Jesus contrasts fear with faith, and he equates fear with no faith. But faith here means trust in God, his helping power in the midst of crisis. So, you know, when Jesus says, you have no faith, or where's your faith? He's not popping them. He's not beating them up about it. He's saying, when are you going to come to a place in your life where you're going to really trust me and believe me? So here's a couple questions off this. Why, when everybody else was freaking out, was Jesus asleep on the boat? You want to know why? Back in verse 35 when we started. On the same day when evening had come, he said to them, let us cross over to the other side. He told them what was going to happen. He had already told them. So when I read that, I think, how many times has he told me stuff in the word of God, but I don't grab a hold of it. I don't stay with it. He's already said, we're going to cross over to the other side. So you know what? You guys can freak out. I'm going to take a nap. But another truth that we must look at and, and we can't get a, away from, whose idea in the first place was it to take the boat ride? It was Jesus's. And when Jesus tells us we're going to take a boat ride, and when Jesus tells us we're going to go to the other side, he's just saying, trust me. Trust me. Just believe me. Just stand on my word in this area. Now, real quick, turn, turn with me to Matthew 18. And this is what we'll end with tonight. Woo. Man, I, 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 want a, I want a year of believing. I tell you, when I've studied this, I've said to the Lord, I don't know how many times, Lord, grace me in my faith. Help me, help me in my faith, Lord. Help me. Grace me, Lord. Matthew 18. Verse one, at that time the disciples came to Jesus saying, who then is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? Now, the Bible here doesn't say this, but when they asked that, I, I wondered if Jesus looked at him like, are, are you serious? Are, are you so insecure that you have to compete with one another? Look what he says to him in response. Then Jesus called a little child. Now, Gary, he gets back to this word again. Remember, he said little children. This time he says, he, he called a little child to him and he set him in the midst of them. So it's interesting. He points to this child. He's got a child and he points to him. He doesn't get an adult. He doesn't get someone that may have a little wisdom of life. He doesn't get someone that has a little bit of experience in this life. He gets a little child and he points at him. Now watch what he said. And it surely I say to you, or I tell you the truth, 
unless you are converted, you turn from your sins and become as little children, you will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. Now he continues in verse four and he says, therefore, whoever humbles himself and the word humble himself is a childlike humility, a servant-like heart. Whoever humbles himself as a child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. He lowers oneself of all arrogance. He willingly submits to God and his word. So I begin to think about what he's saying right here. You know, a child, all he knows is to trust you until you prove it different. But let's just say all he knows is to trust you. That's, that's built into a child. And because that's built into a child, there's no conditions on their trust. And so when I think more on these lines, when your child is hungry, has anyone in here ever had your child when they're hungry look at you and say, Dad, Mom, how much money do we have in the bank account? Never had that happen. You know why? Because they trust their mother and father. How many of you have ever had a child when it's time to go to bed say, I hope I got a bed tonight. No, until you prove them different. They don't fear where they're going to sleep that night. And what I found out about a child is my kids that when they had a need, all they did was ask. <laughs> Dad, I need some new shoes. What would happen if we would begin to live by that type of trust for Father God. You know, my mom and dad are in here. And I remember growing up that if my, my mom or dad told me they were gonna do something, I can go to the bank on it. They're gonna do it. But when God tells us he's gonna do something, do we go to bank on that? Do we trust him and say, man, I found in the word of God. This is what God said. God said, he's my shepherd. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me by the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in place of righteousness for his namesake. Now watch the crisis. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil. For his rod and his staff comfort me. He prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemies. He anoints my head with oil. And my cup runs over. Surely his goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life and I'll live and dwell in the house of the Lord forever. That's Psalms 23. How many of you have ever said Psalms 23? But let me take you another step. How many have ever believed Psalm 23? That I look and I say, the Lord's my shepherd. 
He's going to take care of me. Even in 2020, 2021, 2022, I, I don't care what things are happening. I look to God. I look to God and I see right now what's going on. There is a fear that is trying to grip our nation again in credible ways. And if you're not careful, that fear will grip you. It'll grab you. And I'm not denying that's not real. But you want to ease your fear? Start believing God. Do you realize something? This pandemic wasn't a shock to God. When the newspapers and the headlines on, on the news came up and said, pandemic called COVID-19's it. God and the angels didn't freak out. They didn't close heaven and say, what are we going to do? God knew. And so we go back to, I'm going to trust God. I'm going to trust God. I'm going to believe God. You know, I grew up on a neighborhood and when they would say this to you, they'd say, I double dog dare you. You know, as a kid, if someone said, I double dog dare you, you know what that meant? It's on. It's on. It's on. I tell you real good. I'll tell you this story. We had this neighbor and he could run. He was on my dad's tractor. He could run. I mean, he was, he was in high school. We were little bitty guys. And so every Friday night, man, we'd slip down to his house and we would, we would ding dong ditch him. We'd ring the doorbell and run. Well, we, there's about six of us. And man, we'd say, it's your turn. Man, you'd light up and, you know, you'd get all that adrenaline and those butterflies in you and all the other buddies, man. We'd, we'd stay over in the bushes. We'd hide the bushes and we would, we'd watch. And they'd say, I double dog dare you. And man, when they double dog dare we'd do it. And I remember as a kid, you'd ring that doorbell and you'd take off and you'd be running. You could hear him catching you, he'd breathing. He'd grab you by the head, just slinging down the grass. You know, that's not, in the, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm just talking about... Double dog dairy, okay? I'm really telling you stories I shouldn't, so. Why don't you stand up here? I double dog dare you this year to say, when I got a need, I'm gonna ask my father. I'm gonna approach him with childlike faith. And I know when my, my daddy said, I'm gonna, I'm gonna feed you, he's gonna feed me. When he says he's gonna take care of me, he's gonna take care of me even in the midst of storms. When Jesus tells you we're going to the other side, when Jesus tells us he's coming back, he's coming back. I'm gonna believe it. If you feel comfortable here with me, raise your hands to heaven. And let's, let's just pray that God would soak us in this tonight. Father God, we, we ask you to rain on us a grace in this area that we, we be people that aren't unbelieving but we would just believe you with simple, childlike faith. And that you would, you would move within us, Lord. You would stir within us that every part of us, not just our mouth would say Jesus is Lord, but our actions and our lifestyles, Father God. And that you would grace us in 2022. That we would live by your word unlike any other time. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you once again for joining us on this podcast. To check out more services from Faith Church, you can find our live broadcast on YouTube or check out our website at faithchurchlubbock.com for more information on upcoming events, how to give, and how you can get involved.